welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. I haven't done a solo show in a while. I did one not too long ago, but I haven't done one in a while. I've had some guests on, some great guests the last couple of weeks, and I've really enjoyed that. But a lot of big news has happened earlier today. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it was yesterday. And I felt like I just needed to come on and and do a podcast by myself, do a solo podcast today. And so that's what I'm doing. Uh, We're going to talk about all kinds of things, including the Aaron Rodgers back to Green Bay and the Russell Wilson to Denver situation. So let's start off with the topic I want to talk about first. And that was, that is Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati, who we do this every year at the, after the combine, a lot of people see things and, or, or after a pro day or what these one drives they get during senior bowls or whatever it is. And we hype these players up. And I've been seeing a lot lately going around on a lot of quarterback boards. I've been seeing like PFF, right? Has Desmond Ritter as their number one quarterback, the quarterback out of Cincinnati. I've been very vocal on this podcast. I've been very vocal on the Draft Capital podcast, which I co-host with Mo Murphy on the Off the Ball Network, that Desmond Ritter, to me, has a lot of questions, a lot of things that you got to fix with Desmond Ritter before he can even be considered a franchise guy. Listen, he's got a lot of things to like, the legs, the mobility, the big arm, the smarts. He's played a lot of football. He's played all four years. He's played a lot of football there at Cincinnati. And he's won. He's been successful. But there's one thing that I think is going to cost him in the NFL. And that's inaccuracy. And Josh Allen is a big testament to you can fix some inaccuracies. You can. I mean, Josh Allen did it. Josh Allen was completing like 50% of his passes in college and went on to... Went on to, you know, went, you know, complete 68% of his passes in the NFL this past season. That doesn't happen often. It doesn't. That's why I was not a fan of Josh Allen when he came out. Because we've never seen a quarterback complete that little of passes in college and turn into the NFL and be successful. Josh Allen's proved me wrong. I've said it multiple times that I've been wrong on Josh Allen because I have been. But with Desmond Ritter, his are mechanical issues. And you have to understand, for an athlete, baseball players, basketball players, football players, hockey players, cyclists, boxers, uh, you name it, they go through these motions, each thing, they go through these reps, these exercises, these rituals, hundreds and hundreds of times, thousands and thousands of times. Desmond Ritter's throwing motion is probably a throwing motion he's had since he was... 16, 17 years old, he's put in millions of reps throwing the football this way. It's not something you can just fix overnight. At times, his arm works as an independent contractor, which can, which means the arm does a lot of the passing sometimes, especially when there's pressure. He gets pressure coming down on him. He'll use his arm, which leads to some inaccuracies. When he's got a clean pocket, when he's throwing on the air like he did there at the scouting combine, you can see that he has no trouble using all of his body, his rotation, his core, to get this all compact throw and get it in there. 
and complete some of the passes, some of the ones that he missed in regular games. But the film doesn't lie. People do this. They get hung up on, on the scouting combine. They get hung up on what he looked like on his pro day. He hasn't had his pro day yet, but once he has his pro day, these people who have him as their QB1 are going to pop him up even farther. He doesn't deserve to be QB1. He doesn't. He, I have him at QB5 for a reason. He's probably going to drop down to QB6 because I like Malik Willis that much. His arm is so much more better. The more I watch his tape, the more I realize I really like Desmond or I really like Malik Willis. I don't know where why I knocked him down so much. I don't know why. I, I had a little bit that I liked him, but I like him more. The ball pops out of his hands. There's a lot of things there that I like about Malik Willis that is going to bump him up now over a guy like Desmond Ritter. And so the more I look at this and the more I look at it, Desmond Ritter has no business being the number one quarterback on anyone's board. He's got some big issues that need to be fixed and some inaccuracy issues that need to be fixed. You can find ways short-term to win games with him. Josh Allen did it. He wasn't ready to start in Buffalo, but they told him to just run. But Josh Allen has a bigger body. Josh Allen can take those hits. I'm not so sure Desmond Ritter can. Desmond Ritter's a better athlete with his legs, a better runner of the football. So we'll see what Desmond Ritter can do. And there's ways to win short-term with Desmond Ritter. But long-term, being that franchise quarterback, being that guy that you want to build around for the next decade to 15 years instead of three to five years or or two to five years, I, I don't know if Desmond Ritter's that guy. Of course, this is not a very talented quarterback class at all, but Desmond Ritter... To me, out of Cincinnati is not that guy that you can look at and say, well, this guy is my quarterback one. All right, so I want to transition into something a little more serious. And that's Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. And I understand what Calvin Ridley did was wrong. And I understand that what he did, he shouldn't have done especially when you're in the league. I'm big on self-awareness. And you have to understand your position, where you're at, and what you can and can't do. It's against the rules to, to do what he did. I understand the rules may be stupid and the rules may be dumb, but the rules are the rules, and you have to follow the rules. Whether you like them or not, you have to follow them until changes are made. I don't necessarily agree with what happened to Calvin Ridley and the severity of what Calvin Ridley has to deal with as far as a punishment goes from the NFL with one year. I understand they're making an example out of Calvin Ridley. And I understand that he's probably going to appeal this. And depending on what happens, he may win the appeal. And the appeal may be brought down to 10 games. But the NFL is making an example out of Calvin Ridley. Because you can't have people betting when you're an athlete and all that stuff and all those good things. And I, I understand what the league's trying to say. At the same time, Calvin Ridley's lucky he wasn't, like Pete Rose, banned for lifetime from the sport. I'm not saying that that justifies anything, but he's lucky he wasn't banned for a lifetime. Because he probably could have been. The league probably wanted to, but they decided to go with a year. He took a year off last year to get his mental right. Now he's going to have a year off this year because of the gambling situation. So he's going to have a year to learn from his mistake, learn to a year to help his mental 
and come back the following year and be a really, really good wide receiver in this league. But that also leads me to this, and that is, I think his punishment compared to the other things certain players in the league have done is a little extreme. The NFL right now is telling you, they're telling little Johnny, they're telling little Jimmy that it's okay to go hit your wife, hit your girlfriend, hit your sister, hit a woman. That's what they're telling them. It's okay to do that. Because you do that, you can still play in the league. You'll still get, you know, eight games. You'll only get six games. You'll only get four games. It's okay to assault a man on the football field with his own helmet, and you'll only get six games. It's okay. No big deal. It's okay to be caught on video kicking someone in the hallway of a hotel room. It's okay. You'll find, you know, a space on the roster on the other t- on another team. And you'll continue to have a career. And we'll send you, well, you know, only for six games you'll be suspended. And you could come back and you could do all this stuff because, you know, all you did was hit a woman. That's all the NFL is saying. That's what the NFL is saying. By suspending Calvin Ridley for an entire year for this gambling situation. And I get why they did it. But to suspend him for an entire year for this gambling situation... When there's other players in the league, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Miles um, Garrett, others have been in trouble for domestic violence and get four games, get six games. Ray Rice got two games. You look at all these different things that come in. Josh Gordon got six games for marijuana. Like you look now, he's like, obviously, I know the battle with Josh Gordon has been going on and on, but. You look at some of these things, and then you look at the suspension that Calvin Ridley got, and it isn't fair. It's not fair. Why did Calvin Ridley get a year? He didn't hit a woman on video. He didn't assault someone with their own helmet on national television during a football game in front of millions of people. He bet $1,200 on the Atlanta Falcons and the three, five, and eight team parlay. I get it. You don't want teams ruining the integrity of the sport, and I understand that. But at the same time, Calvin Ridley hasn't done near as bad of things as some of these other guys have that have gotten far less, far less than they got and have done a lot, a lot worse than they have done. So that's my thoughts on the whole Calvin Ridley situation. I hope he wins the appeal. I hope it knocks it down some. He'll probably, if they do knock it down, we'll probably knock it down to like 10 games. I hope that's the case. And I hope Calvin Ridley can play football again this year. All right, let's move on to Aaron Rodgers. That's the first big news that broke today. Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. And if you follow me on Twitter or you follow me on Facebook or Instagram or you've listened to my podcast the last couple of weeks, you've been like, you've heard me say, like, I don't think that he's leaving Green Bay. And I've said that for a reason. Like, everything has just felt like he was going back to Green Bay. He talked about how much he loved Matt LaFleur. They hired an offensive guy to be his quarterback coach. They've done a lot of different things to make Aaron Rodgers be happy and comfortable 
with coming back to the Green Bay Packers. And so he chose to stay at Green Bay. And that's that's fine. That's something I've predicted. That's something I thought would happen. Colts fans are disappointed. I never thought he was going to go to Indianapolis. I never thought Russell Wilson would go to Indianapolis. But this is the thing that drives me crazy is these guys at ESPN, and I love ESPN. ESPN used to be the place that you wanted to go work. It still is. But Adam Schefter has been constantly wrong about Aaron Rodgers. Last year it was, he's probably going to be gone before the season begins. Well, he played the entire season, won an MVP. Then it was this year, oh, he's definitely gone. And he tells people like Mike Greenberg, who goes on his pod, or his radio show, and tells everyone, when you consider where Aaron Rodgers is going to go, don't even consider Green Bay because it's not even an option because I'm being told by sources, we all know it's Adam Schefter, by reliable sources that it's not going to happen. Well, guess what? He's back at Green Bay for another year. And he's probably going to have a really good chance at winning his third straight MVP. I don't know if he will, but he's going to have a really good shot at doing it again to be the back-to-back-to-back MVP. And so it kind of angers me, the storyline, as that Pat McAfee, and I understand the connection, Pat McAfee has a better connection and better sources as to what's going on with Aaron Rodgers than Adam Schefter does. And what angers me the most is that there was this narrative that he was ever going to leave. Because I knew nothing. I have no sources. I have, you know, no inside knowledge. I don't know Aaron Rodgers. I don't know the Green Bay Packers. I don't have anybody that's close to the situation. And everything that I knew was that I could just feel it in my gut that Aaron Rodgers was going to go back to Green Bay. I had said it multiple times. And he did. It's because it's not that hard. Listen to him talk. Listen to the Pat McAfee show. Listen to him talk when he's on the Pat McAfee show about guys like Matt LaFleur, about guys like David Bakhtiari, about guys like Devontae Adams, about Aaron Jones, about his teammates, about the city of Green Bay, about the team, about Mark Murphy, about Brian Guggenkuntz, about everybody. Listen to him talk about them. You can hear what he is saying without him saying it. He is saying, I'll be back at Green Bay next year without ever coming out and saying, I'll be back at Green Bay next year. But the national media tells you, no, 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 he's gone. He's gone. These people who have a lot of followers, a lot of listeners, a lot of people are saying, no, 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 man, he's gone. Don't even consider Green Bay the, an option. He may come to your team, actually. He may be a Green Bay. He may be a Denver Bronco. Actually, you know what? He might be in Indianapolis. You know where a good place for him would be? Las Vegas. You know where else? Pittsburgh. They they say these things because they're wrong and they don't want to admit they're wrong and they want to be right so bad that they're ignoring what their ears are telling them when they listen to him talk on the Pat McAfee show. It's not that hard. Just listen to him talk. I could have told you he was going to be back at Green Bay the first time I heard him talk about Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers when he was coming back. And they were like, you know, I'm not going to ask you if you're coming back. But he says, oh, I really love Matt and all these other things. And he talked so highly about the new quarterback coach and offensive coordinator they hired. He talked so highly about his teammates in the city and the town, the team and the organization. I want to admit to him. And everybody was like, nah, he's gone. He's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. Actually, you know what? I think a better fit for him 
I think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. That's what I think it is. I think he's going to be shooting them guns up there in Denver. That's what they That's what they think. He's going to be riding Broncos. He's going to wa- go in on the white Bronco with the little chaps that they send the cheerleader in on. And that's what they were going to do, right? That's what they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to do. He was going to lead the pack. He's going to make the most money, be in the AFC West. He was going to battle Patrick Mahomes twice a year and Justin Herbert twice a year and Derek Carr twice a year. Everybody thought he was going to, you know, Denver. He's going to go to Indianapolis, turn him into Super Bowl contenders. Or maybe he's going to go to Las Vegas. You know, Las Vegas needs a quarterback. That's what they thought, right? It's because they weren't listening. All you had to do was listen. That's all you had to do. Listen to how he, how he talked on the Pat McAfee show. People will tell you how they feel. People will show you how they feel. All you have to do is listen to them. That's it. People will tell you who you are. They'll tell you what decisions they're making. They'll tell you how they feel about their life. You know, you ever worked at a job you hated and everybody else hates it too? And you walk in and you're like, oh, how's your day? Hey, Josh, how's your day going? They're like, oh, you know, it's all right. I'm having a good day. And you can tell in the tone of their voice it's not really a good day. Yeah, it's because they hate their job and they hate their life. And they're not waxing poetically about how much they love their job and, and how great it is and how they can't wait to come into work. It's because they hate their job. When you listen to Aaron Rodgers talk on the Pat McAfee show, did that sound like a guy who hated his job? Did that sound like a guy who hated it in Green Bay? Did that sound like a guy who didn't like Matt LaFleur? Did that sound like a guy who didn't like Brian Gutenkunst? Did that sound like a guy who didn't like the Green Bay Packers? No. Sound like a guy who was happy to be there, who waxed poetically and talked so much and so highly of his teammates and his coach and his GM and his, you know, his team owner representative guy, whatever it is that they have up there in Green Bay because they're the only, you know, publicly owned team. When you think about all these things and you listen to how he talked, he told you how he felt. All you had to do was listen and they didn't listen. And they continue to spread their web of where's Aaron going to go. And it led every, and I get it. It's talking points. I, I understand that. I get it. But there's other things to talk about with Aaron Rodgers than where he's going to go. All you have to do is listen to him talk. You knew where he was going. You want to talk about Aaron Rodgers? Talk about what he's got to do to get over San Francisco. Talk about what he's got to do to win another Super Bowl and to not be the most overhyped quarterback of all time because guys like me wax poetically about how good and talented and, and spectacular he is. And so other people get tired of hearing about it. That's what you do when you talk about a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So I'm glad he's back in Green Bay. I'm glad this is over. I'm glad we can stop this Aaron Rodgers watch thing, whatever it is. We can move on. We can worry about some of the other quarterbacks, the Sean Watson of the world. We'll see what happens with that. We can worry about the Carson Wentz's of the world. We can worry about the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. We can figure out where these other guys are going so we can talk about them as well. But I'm telling you, if you ever thought, if you thought for a second Aaron Rodgers was going anywhere but Green Bay, you were fooled. He wasn't going to Indianapolis. He wasn't going to Denver. He wasn't going to Pittsburgh. He wasn't going to Las Vegas. He wasn't going anywhere but Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's where he was going. And yet, everyone had you believing. And had people believing he was going somewhere else. All right, another big quarterback move that broke today was Russell Wilson got sent to the Denver Broncos for three firsts. uh, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, 
Noah Fant. I think there's some. I think some other stuff has come out, and there's been some other draft picks. I'm I'm not sure, but there's a big trade, and the Broncos got Russell Wilson, and a fourth round pick, I believe it was, and so Russell Wilson now is in in Denver. That means Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert all playing the same conference. So you have four of the top 15 quarterbacks in one division. You have three top 10 quarterbacks in one division and probably two top five quarterbacks in one division. That's insane. It's absolutely crazy when you think about it. So it got me to think. You know, I start looking at all these quarterbacks in the AFC. There's Mac Jones, who's really talented. There's Zach Wilson, who's really talented, got a lot of potential. Trevor Lawrence, guy who everyone billed as the next, you know, Andrew Luck. There's, you know, who else? Let's see. There's Russell Wilson now, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I mean, right now, there's Sean Watson. There's Lamar Jackson. Like, you look at all these quarterbacks that are in the AFC, and it reminds me of Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, whatever you think about him. He's still really talented. Ryan Tannehill. Like, when you think about all these quarterbacks, Derek Carr, you look at these quarterbacks, and this reminds me of when I was growing up. When I was growing up, the AFC was absolutely loaded with quarterbacks. The great quarterbacks played in the AFC, and the NFC had a lot of the good defenses, and they were the teams with good defense, a good run game, and an eh at quarterback. You know, might be good. You know, uh, a team here and there, like Green Bay had a good quarterback. Dallas with Tony Romo, he was okay. You know, there was some of the occasional Arizona with Kurt Warner was a really good good thing. Eli Manning, depending on what you thought of him and the New York Giants. But outside of that, there was a lot of meh at the quarterback position. Drew Brees in New Orleans was really good. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan in Atlanta. But when I was growing up, the AFC had Peyton Manning. They had big Ben Roethlisberger. They had a prime Joe Flacco that went on to win a Super Bowl. They had Tom Brady. They had Carson Palmer, who was a really good quarterback. Phillip Rivers, who was a really good quarterback in his prime and probably a future Hall of Famer. They had Chad Pennington, who was a really good quarterback. Nothing spectacular, nothing great, but really good. They had David Garrard, who had been to a couple of playoff games, had been a solid starter, had been a really good quarterback. You look at all these guys, the AFC was loaded. At quarterback. This reminds me of when I was a child. Not really a child, but like growing up. This reminds me of when I was a kid. In my childhood. This reminds me of watching football when I was younger. And why I loved AFC football so much. Mainly because I was a Colts fan. But the AFC had all the all the, all the the good quarterbacks. They had the Peyton Mannings of the world. They had the Tom Brady's of the world. The Big Ben's. They had the Phillip Rivers of the world. They had all these guys that when you watched play, you were like, that's the guy, right? Like, duh, this is how it gets done. Look at Tom Brady work this offense. No kidding. That's what a big arm looks like. Look at Big Ben with his big body and his mobility, able to make some plays happen. With Russell Wilson, the Broncos are now a contender for the Super Bowl. You want to talk about the AFC getting deeper. This is what this trade with Russell Wilson did. Now Buffalo is a contender, obviously. 
Baltimore is probably a contender with a healthy Lamar Jackson. Kansas City is a contender. See, uh, Cincinnati is a, con- a contender. Now Denver is a contender. You have the Chargers as a contender. The Titans are a contender. You look at all this. It goes seven or eight teams deep that can win the Super Bowl after this trade here with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson needed that change of scenery. I really do think. You know, a lot of a lot of people have changed their opinions on Russ based off the last couple of years. They have. There's a lot of people who think Russell Wilson isn't all that great. A lot of those same people were clamoring for their team to trade for Russell Wilson, but that's beside the point. But a lot of these guys don't think Russell Wilson's all that great. And that Russell Wilson is, you know, on the back nine. I've heard a lot of that on Twitter. Here's the thing. Russell Wilson has a big arm. He's mobile. He can make everything happen. He's smart. He's been in the league for a while. He's won a Super Bowl. He's everything Denver needs. They're going to make this a long-term deal. He's going to be there six, seven years, and he's going to win a lot of games, potentially put them in a chance to win a Super Bowl. He's going to do a lot of good things in Denver. He is. Russell Wilson's going to do a lot of good things for the Denver Broncos. And Russell Wilson... And the Denver Broncos are going to win a lot of games now. And all of a sudden, the AFC has become so deep. And anybody can win the AFC West now. I truly believe that. We don't know really kind of how good Josh McDaniels and uh, Derek Carr is going to be. Like Derek Carr has been okay since that one semi-MVP year in like 2016. And then you look at him since then. He's been all right. You look at Josh McDaniels, his first go-around, I mean, heck, he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. What's that tell you? I mean, I'm just saying I'm a Tim Tebow guy, but he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. What's that tell you about Josh McDaniels and how he is as a coach? The last time he was a head coach of a team. But I love this this trade. I think Denver wins this trade. You could talk about all the pieces that were given up and all this stuff for, for him, but ultimately the Denver Broncos are, are a better team now than they were 12 hours ago, 15 hours ago, 24 hours ago. This team is a Super Bowl caliber team. And Russell Wilson makes them that way. Russell Wilson has Jerry Judy to throw to, Cortland Sutton to throw to. He has an offensive-minded head coach. He has a good running back. This is going to be a scary situation for everybody in the AFC West. And this is what Russell Wilson wanted. This is where Russell Wilson wound up because he waived his no-trade clause. Russell Wilson's going to be a Denver Bronco. And Russell Wilson's going to win a lot of games. And don't be surprised if Russell Wilson is hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy one more time wearing the orange and blue. Because Russell Wilson is going to win a Super Bowl, if you ask me, in Denver because I think Denver has what it takes. They've built around them. They've got an offensive-minded head coach. They've got a running back. They've got the receivers. They've got the offensive line. They're going to beef up that defense probably in free agency, and they're going to go on to compete and win a lot of games in the future, and that's what they wanted to do. And so, yeah, if you ask me, I think Russell Wilson makes the Denver Broncos automatically a Super Bowl contender. And I love this for Russell Wilson. And I love that Russell Wilson is a Denver Bronco. And I cannot wait to watch him play. Just unfortunately, he has to play in the AFC. Hopefully, we don't, hopefully the Colts make the playoffs. And hopefully, we don't have to play the Broncos in the playoffs because it's not going to be good. But Russell Wilson 
to Denver is a really, really good move for both the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. Hey, uh, big thank you for listening. It was kind of an emergency podcast, a quick one here today off the Aaron Rodgers news, off of the you know Russell Wilson news. I had to come out and make this podcast, so I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys listening. Here's the thing. If you guys enjoy this, please share this with your friends. I can only do so much sharing this on social media and all these different platforms and outlooks and all these different things. It takes you guys to help grow this. So if you could please share this with your friends, spam it in their emails, whatever, help them grow. You know, DMs, text messages, whatever to help the show grow, I would really appreciate it. But uh, again, thanks for listening. Have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is. You have a good one, and I'll see you next time.